Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Couch Potato Sports Denver Broncos edition. I'm here with my good friend, Anthony, and, of course, I am Zach. Um, and we're here to break down, I wouldn't say heartbreaking, loss with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and I'll, I'll get into the reason why. I, I was feeling a little upset, of course, because at the game yesterday. Um but I don't know about you, Anthony. When you're at the game versus when you're watching it on TV, it's two different experiences, obviously. So yeah. I feel like when you're at the game, you're distracted by a whole lot more going on just around you. You know, they have all the the Jumbotron stuff, and then they have, you know, dumbass Eagles fans throwing beers, and then they have, you know, just stuff like that. Everything's going on. So uh, I sat and rewatched the game and I have, mm-hmm. I have a different feeling, and I think you might be surprised, Anthony. I don't know if you share that feeling with me, but you might be surprised. Um, but we'll get into it in a second. First off, how are you right, doing? Not too bad. <laughs> okay. Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm glad to hear it, even after a Broncos loss, huh? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just uh, one of those things that you just learn to deal with. <laughs> right, right. And, I mean, it is a football game. You shouldn't let it ruin your whole week. <laughs> right. I, so, back when I was younger, definitely, oh, I've had, sure. I had many, <laughs> many of bad nights after Broncos losses. But uh, now that I'm older and more mature, it's not so bad anymore. <laughs> right, right. Well, cool. How was your weekend? It was good, man. It was not. It was real nice. Yeah, we went and house hunted a little bit, put an offer on a house, and uh, oh, so you sh- guys found a house. That was my next question. Yeah, we should be hearing back from it tomorrow. You know, it's a toss up. We're since we're in a house, we haven't we haven't sold our house yet, and uh, so it's contingent on the sale. The, of the yours. contingent, yeah. So there's a little bit of uh, concern with that, but um, as of last we heard, we were the only offer on the house so far, and oh, and our, very and nice. Our, and our agent told their agent that we need to know by tomorrow morning, or we're pulling our offer. So okay, we'll see how it goes. There you go. And is it yeah. is it in that Commerce City area you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, so very, very north Commerce City. It's like 120th. It's on the Buffalo Run uh, golf course. I know exactly where that's at. Very nice, yep. man. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, so hopefully we get it, man. It will yeah. be exciting. Oh, hello there, future neighbor. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> that's cool, man. Well, I'll be praying for you guys. I'll be hoping. Appreciate That'll be that. awesome, and I'm excited to hear. I look forward to hearing the good news tomorrow morning. Right, That's right, how man. we're gonna go about it. That's how we're gonna go about it. I like it. I like Optimism. It. <laughs> cool, man. We're well, glad to hear it. Um, yeah. Okay, now getting to the game. Uh, obviously, uh, I went to the game. You knew that. Yep. Uh, and like I mentioned earlier, you have. I was sitting in section five eighteen. So it's the northwest part of the stadium. You're up okay. higher. Good, great view. It was a great view. You can see everything that's going on. Um, but uh, <laughs> so I have these. Uh, I have these glasses, and they're broken. So the two arms that go around your ears that hold your glasses in place completely gone, broken. Mm-hmm. Off. So I wear them and I balance them on my nose. They're called bionicles. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I had those on so I could see the game a little bit better because my eyesight is just getting more and more terrible as the years <laughs> go by. And uh, my wife gets on me because I need to go to the eye doctor. I know, I know, I know. I need to find time to do it. But um, so I had those on. Uh, so from what I gathered, this is what I gathered from the game while I was there. It's – we couldn't stop the run. Uh, Boston Scott and Jordan Howard were all day on us. It and Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, too. And that's what I was going off of. Like, I was absolutely pissed that, you know, we it just reverted back to that run defense that showed up against the Browns, against the Raiders, you know, teams like that. And yeah. I was just like, like, and he, I actually heard a good thing today. A good uh, comment, I should say, and it it makes so much sense. It's when Wade Phillips was here with Denver, if we were struggling in the first half with something, he would make adjustments 
And that would prevent the team that was doing so well in the first half with what they were doing from doing it in the second half. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't understand why this team does not make adjustments when something is going so wrong for them. I just don't get it. And if they make adjustments, they might make adjustments, but it just seems like the adjustments they make are just, they don't do anything. They just don't. It just seems like, oh, it's, we're good with the game plan. Stick to the game plan. Trust in the game plan. You know, we'll figure it out in the second half. It was never figured out. Yeah. It wasn't. Uh, like I said, Boston Scott, you know, pretty, Darren Sproles 2.0. I mean, I will commend him. Great player. Um, was just running all over us, you know. And then Jalen Hurts, another player I'll commend. Super, super athletic quarterback. Yeah. Uh, he is definitely the future of Philly, without a doubt. Uh, that you would think was, so. You he was making so. he was making some Patrick Mahomes type plays, uh, from what I was seeing. Uh, just these running towards the sideline and then throwing behind him a little bit and completing a pass and then players in his face completing it to the tight their tight end Goddard with that one handed catch for the yeah, first down. The- that was that was it was an athletic, a very athletic play, and I'll commend him for that. And I've always liked Jalen Hurts. I've always had a lot of respect for him. Yeah, me too. And uh, so I will commend them for their play. They played extremely well. Uh, they definitely exploited this defense. And, you know, they took what we threw at them and succeeded with it. You know, and I felt like we could have got a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. But I go, when I go back and watch the film, there was, there was more pressure than I thought. And that's that's fair enough for me to say, because from where I was sitting, it was like it just seemed like there was no goddamn pressure at all. But as I go back and I watch it again, it seemed there was a lot more pressure than I thought it was. Um, but there was one thing that I noticed that Malik Reed does, and that's kind of concerning. And I don't know if you picked up on this either, but uh, his first step is backwards. Have you noticed that? Who's that? Say that again. Malik Reed, his first. I have not noticed that. So go back and watch him. Okay. And most of the plays when he's rushing the passer or getting off the line, he steps backwards, like that he's anticipating. Strange. He's anticipating the offensive oh, line. No, hitting you know what? I now that I think about it, I think I have noticed that in the past. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's kind. Of, that's kind of weird. And that's. I mean, obviously, that's super concerning because. You know, that's not what you want to do as a pass rusher. You want to get the edge on the tackle as much as you can or the tight end. So that is one thing that I noticed that really raised some flags for me. I'm just like, what is this man doing? Why is he taking a step back? So, and that, that just, that takes away an entire second from your pass rush, mm-hmm. which is crucial, crucial against someone like Jalen Hurts too. Yeah. So we definitely need to keep an eye out on that as the season goes further and see if he can break that habit. But um, so uh, what was the other thing? Uh, I noticed they were getting Noah Fant a little bit more, a little bit more completions. I would have liked to have seen more. Um, Albert O played extremely well. I thought uh, he, he had that pass that went 50 yards. You can remember that. Oh yeah, he went 50 yards, almost scored. I thought mm-hmm. he should have, but man, that was that was a close one. And no, um, Fant would have scored on that. Fant would have scored on. Him. He's faster. He is. Yeah. Yep. Alberto's been playing. Better, He's been playing say, great lately. Uh, but like Noah Fant would have scored, and I'm not taking anything away from Alberto. Uh, but there was one thing that. So I'm sure you heard about. All, all of it today about Teddy Bridgewater, you know, not giving effort into that tackle, which <laughs> I mean, from where I saw it from the stands, I really didn't see it too well. Well, when I go I, today, I, before watching the game over again, I'm like, Oh yeah, he's, he might've just, he wasn't trying to get injured and stuff like that. But when I go back and watch it, it's pretty bad. It's, it's a, bad. it's a, He was so close to Darius Slay. He could have just fell in front of him and tripped him up. You know what I mean? Stick your foot out and trip him and get penalized for tripping and prevent a touchdown. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you could have just – you literally – you could have reached out and grabbed him and slowed him down a little bit for other players to get him. 
Yeah, this that's yeah. going to be a play that's... that lives in Broncos history, and that play alone. I'm not, I don't want to obviously not legacy, but whatever like decent feelings, good feelings that Broncos country had for Teddy died on that play. Yeah, that was, and like I said, I heard about it all day. And I, I was at school all day, so I didn't really – I wasn't on my phone too much. But um, when I finally got to a time where I could watch all that stuff, I was just like, damn, Teddy, yeah. what are you doing, man? That was that was horrific. And, I mean, I'll give it to him. He owned up to it today. He said it's on him and all that stuff. Um, but, man, that was that was awful. That was very yeah. ugly and – I don't know. I don't know if he just seemed like he gave up. It just does. He just seems like it's he was it, defeated. And it that's like not what the you want to see team. out of the leader. Yeah. Right. Their team. It was the like they were we we were texting during the game and like I said, like they're just flat. Like the entire team, like very early on, when it was still a close game, just like was flat dude. And it was really weird to watch. Like nobody seemed motivated. It's almost like, I don't know, to kind of piggyback off what you said a little bit earlier about the coaches not ch- making changes at half, it's almost like the – Or they do and they don't work. Yeah, it's almost like the – I don't know. It's like the, the, coaching, the coaching staff of the Broncos sets a game plan up. And if that game plan succeeds, great, as we saw and- in the Cowboys game. But if that game plan fails, it's almost like they're like, well, we lost. Pretty much. That's what, that, that's what we planned, that's what, and it's not, it perception. didn't work. Yeah, yeah, and it didn't work, so okay, it's done. Like, we lost that one. It's like, there's no – it's just fucking weird, dude. Like, it's just embarrassing. And uh, the whole Teddy thing, I get the – I get the – that people are pissed off. And watching the game back or watching the game live, I was like I, – I didn't see, like, the first play – or the first act when it was live, but as they showed replay stuff, I'm like, what the fuck is Teddy doing? Yeah. Then, of course, you know, you start seeing people post videos of Peyton tackling a D lineman uh, head course. first after four neck surgeries. <laughs> then you say, like, you know, people start bitching about that. It's like, okay. But you know, something that people aren't talking about uh, is Melvin Gordon, who before the two weeks ago, the, the Washington game, hadn't fumbled in like, 250. Yeah. And now it's two fucking crucial fumbles in three weeks. That's what people should be talking about just as much as fucking Teddy. That was, we had, they had momentum. The Broncos had momentum. Still a game, you know, in Broncos territory or in, you know, you're, you're marching down the field and it's a, you get the fourth down and fucking fumble. It's like, Melvin, what the fuck are you doing? That was a big thing I was going to bring up too, and it's, it just it just goes back to, if it's fourth and one, why the why the fuck don't you have Javante Williams out there? Because analytically, analytics are some bullshit. Analytics. But Dude, he gets stuffed. Playing he gets game? stuffed more. He gets stuffed at a higher percentage in the backfield, even though he has more explosive runs. He has zero yard runs or yards for negative. Far more often. often than melvin and it's kind of like and i'm not like defending i'm right. not like saying not to go with javante because you obviously know how i feel about javante but i mean i understand because melvin has been playing well like they they've both been playing really well melvin has been playing really really well so i don't want to take anything from melvin besides him his fumbling the last few weeks but yeah javante gets stuffed like on, on like a very, very much higher rate than than Melvin does. But I mean, at the same time, it's like if you gave Mel Javante half of Melvin's carries, imagine what the fuck could be we could be watching right, right now. And that's what I was gonna say. It's it's all about the context when you're talking about analytics and because Noah Fan is one of the most targeted tight ends in the league. He's the third yeah. or fourth most targeted tight end in the league. But it's the context of it. Mm-hmm. It's where they target him and the situation of the game to when they target him. 
Yeah. And it's those third down drop-offs. Third and 15, four-yard pass. Give me 16 yards yeah. kind of a thing. Noah, you do all and of it. I'm not going to do it's anything. Just, it's, it's absolutely horrendous, you know. And Yeah. Um, so I'm all about the analytics game for sure, but I definitely think it needs uh, the context that goes with it for sure. And that's what I, I, I th- that takes a good coach. That's what it comes down to. It takes a good coach to say, who is going to take this fourth and one and make the most out of it? And yeah, Melvin yeah. Gordon converted, but fuck, he fum- he's been, he's known for fumbling in crucial situations. Since the movie rem- he started in this league. I remember watching him with the, run with the Chargers, and I'm pretty sure I remember, like, a very crucial game that he did just that, like, fumbled to give the Bronco. I mean, I couldn't name the game or anything, but it was obviously a few years ago. And, I, like, yeah, he is he's like, extremely reliable, except in crunch time with the, protecting the ball. It's wild. Right. And a good coach would have recognized that. And – he wouldn't have been like, hey, Melvin, you're sitting out of this game because you're going to probably fumble it. He wouldn't say it. He would be like, hey, Javante, go out there and get this for, convert this for us. Yeah. He's like a hungry rookie that's clearly proving himself in this league. Go get this, go get this conversion for us. He Keep has our drive mo- going. Yeah, he has the most broken tackles in the league. He yeah. yesterday, yesterday took over the lead. The set, guy with uh, the second most broken is Jonathan Taylor, who was quickly becoming a top three back in the entire yeah. league. And guess what? Jonathan Taylor runs the ball about twice as much as Javante Williams does. Yeah. Javante Williams is going to be a star in this league, without yeah. a doubt. And I, I feel like this team will move forward once we make him our first running back. I, it really will. This team will this move team, forward next year when – yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things. <laughs> but that, There's a lot of things, but that's one of the things. Yeah. This team is – it's just being held back by just dumb shit. And, you know, I don't – again, like, from Melvin, because he has played good, and they have – they feed off each other very well because they are different kind of backs. You know, they, they complement each other very well. Like, like I said, Melvin's been playing really well. But you obviously see, like, just the ex- explosiveness and, you know, the playmaking ability of – that Melvin just doesn't have at this point in his career. And right. it's, it, it makes you want to see more. Obviously, like, of course, I mean, he's Javante's a Broncos country favorite already. And yeah. we're halfway, th- just a little over halfway through his rookie season, you know? So it's, I feel like, but I feel like it would be better off if Javante was our running back one and Melvin was our good two. I really do. Yeah. If we're, if we're going to yeah. have Melvin Gordon on our team, he's going to be our number two running back. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's Javante should be getting should be getting majority of the snaps, and then Melvin Gordon comes in whenever the coaches see fit for whatever situation. Yeah, and and Melvin does like he is a lot at this rate. I mean, at this point in Javante's career, Melvin superior pass catching back too. But mm-hmm. why the fuck did you bring in Mike Boone? Why'd you? Why did you? Why are you paying Mike Boone? To literally yeah. not touch the ball, and yeah, that's obviously Mike thing. Boone is not as good of a running back as Javante or Melvin Gordon. Like he's not even on either of their levels, to be quite honest. But he's a third down back. He was a third down back in Minnesota. George Payton obviously is comfortable with him, having known him in Minnesota. So why do you bring him in here? And is that a coaching thing? Is that just you know they brought this guy in here and the coaches don't know what the fuck to do with him? But like, I mean. <laughs> advocating for honestly right now because i don't right. want either i don't want him taking really taking snaps away from melvin or javante obviously but at the same time it's like why'd you bring him here if, yeah what was the point yeah for that role you know I don't well know. that's well i mean it just goes to another thing that we talked about in the past about coaching the coaching not being able to figure out these guys talents and use them in the correct way mm-hmm. you know and that's that's half of coaching. It's just yeah. knowing your players and putting them in the right situations that that uh, exemplify their talent. You know, and yeah. that's the coaching staff has failed miserably at that. And this team is just so goddamn talented. It's just so frustrating. You know, yeah. and uh, 
I do feel like we're still a quarterback away. I don't. I, I I love Teddy. I think he's been playing really well as far as what we've seen since Peyton Manning. But I mean, obviously, Teddy is not the guy going forward. Well, dude, sure. Teddy, it's, it's, right? It's it's going to be it's going to have to be like someone like Russell Wilson. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's going to have to be someone like a a rookie quarterback that comes in out of college and just fits well with this offense and is just taking the league by storm kind of a player. Right. It's going to have to be someone like that. And Teddy is has obviously played the best football of his career this year. And yeah. that just shows why. It's still not good enough. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's not good enough. And Teddy is the kind of guy, he is not going to go out and win you a game. And we've been saying this for weeks, even probably months at this point. Yeah. That he is not going to go win the Broncos a game. He is a perfect quarterback to just sustain 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 but this and mm-hmm. then and that's kind of like maybe the point like that we I, I mentioned earlier when the coaching staff like when every when the game plan goes and it's succeeding great but if it's not you're fucked because and teddy's the same kind of quarterback if it's going good great because then you could just sustain all well safe passes but if it's not going well teddy's not the guy that's to say okay throw the game plan on my back and I'm going to go out and win this game. He's just not. And that's not a knock against Teddy. He never was that guy. Right. And I mean, I obviously, as I do most times, I was running around Twitter this morning, last night, all day today, kind of just seeing what's being said and checking like the more, I guess, more professional sources when it comes to the Broncos. And, uh, you know, and, it was reiterated today that Teddy Bridgewater was this coaching staff's idea. It was 100% this coaching staff's idea. George Payton approved of the idea and went out and got their guy. So everybody that's sitting there, this is, first of all, the people that are saying this is an LA pick, shut the fuck up and know what you're talking about first. Yeah. And second of all, the guys that are, oh, this is George Payton, a failure on George Payton. You know, with it obviously he's the gm he you know he has a decision he has all the decisions that he was know, going after aaron Rodgers, right but you what know more the, coach, you want out of him? the coaching staff said this is the guy we can win with we want to win with we think we can make it happen with this guy and he went out and got it teddy bridgewater was the coach's decision and that is why that is why all you drew lock hopefuls out there you're not going to see drew lock unless teddy gets injured you, right. We will not see Drew Locke start for the Broncos ever again or probably suit up for him ever again unless Teddy Bridgewater gets injured this season. Yeah. This coaching staff did not want Drew Locke. It was abundantly clear when they went out and s- traded for Teddy. And, I mean, like I said, this, the, Teddy Bridgewater is this coaching staff's quarterback. It's been reiterated oh, over and over yeah. again. So deal with it. We're getting Teddy. And also, Teddy's the reason we're losing. He ain't, he ain't, he's obviously not, but he's not losing. One thing that pissed me off about uh, yesterday is uh, how about a guy by the name of Cortland Sutton getting three fucking targets, three yeah. targets when you were down the entire game. Yep. That is a, and it's not the, a, de- the, I, I guess you can design plays for Sutton is not like a, he's not a, a screen, a screen kind of guy. He's, he's not a guy that you, I would say, unless you're taking a deep shot, you're not sitting here saying, "Oh, and like that's a Teddy shot." That's I mean, that's a Teddy's Teddy's job to get Sutton the ball, and Teddy like has not been getting. He gets off his first read like so quick, and then shit like just goes down the drain like uh, very quickly all of a sudden. Like, and I don't, well, I don't like know yesterday, if that's when he, just, when he was checking down to Melvin Gordon in the beginning of the game, and then Melvin Gordon just gets stuffed in the backfield. Yeah, it was just it was he he felt the pressure of the the pass rush and he just got rid of it to a a player. Yeah, instead of and you know someone like Russell Wilson would have extended that play. He would have. I mean, that's but that's what Broncos country needs. Fucking Trevor Simeon would have extended that. Well, well, I don't know about that, but (laughs) (laughs) but you know what I'm saying? It's this. This team is just being held back by coaching, and it's it's still being held back by quarterback. It is, and yeah. oh, regardless yeah. or not, if Teddy Bridgewater's been playing his career game, it's not good enough. 
it's not. It's just it isn't. Not with the talent that we have, you know, and just the, the that absolute duck he threw in front of Jerry Judy toward in the third quarter. It's like who who is in the wrong for that? You know what the fuck? Who were you throwing it to? It was like ten or fifteen yards in front of Jerry Judy. Yeah, and I'm just like, I I, I don't know who to blame in that. I, I really don't. It just it seemed I, like Jerry think, Judy was running his route. I think it, it, like I think it. it was more. You know, it could be a little bit both, but that's a Judy like failure to me because you saw he came out, especially after watching the replay. He runs the out like sharp as fuck, and then just really rounds off the up and like starts jogging, and then he tries to make up for it at the end. Like if he's going one hundred percent speed, doing the Jerry Judy routes that made him the best fucking route, one of the best route runners in the league as a rookie last year. He sketch catch that and goes for a touchdown. But that's kind of my point. Like the whole team was just no fuck. They showed no heart yesterday. They were out of the game after. I mean, at half, obviously, they were done. Like, And that's where a guy like Teddy, obviously, he was not the leader we thought he was going to be because he would say, what the fuck is going on? You know, get your shit together. Yeah. We're, we're still in this game. He is a leader, but he's not the leader. Right. You know what I mean? He, he's not a – He's yeah. been more of a leader than we've seen in the last five years. Yeah. But, but it always goes back to what we were saying. It's not good enough. Yeah. It just isn't. And we've been saying this since preseason, that if we roll out with Teddy, expect a – average season at best yeah exactly I, I like know this defense had to have been very special in order yeah. for this to be more of a, you know a better season than it is and we're literally seeing what this team is and it's yeah a fucking 500 team and that's not saying that this roster is 500 but when you kind it's of a poorly put, coached team it's a poorly coached team with a quarterback that can't get it done it doesn't matter how good your goddamn receivers are it does not matter how great your wide receivers is. don't make the difference. Exactly, it does not exactly. Like a quarterback, and I mean, I feel bad for like kind of going at Teddy so hard, but it's like, but it's the truth. Yeah, he his like I mean, the writing's on the wall. Like Sutton had three targets yesterday. Cortland Sutton yeah. had three targets yesterday. It's almost like now that Judy's back, he can't distribute the ball like evenly. It's weird. Like and Tim Patrick, like. I mean, what did he have? Two catches yesterday for like 15 uh, yards? Two or, or three, yeah. Yeah. It's like, who's catching these passes? Who's catching the ball out there besides Jerry? And of course, we want to see Jerry Judy get the ball because he was really, honestly, the future of our receiving core. Like, I mean, hopefully, we re sign Sutton. They have enough money to. I think Tim Patrick is gone, unfortunately, because over the last two years, he's been our best receiver. Tim Patrick's a wide receiver one. I don't care yeah. what anyone says. I mean, but he's gone. You know, he's not yeah. coming back. He's not going to be here next year. And so maybe that's good for Judy and Sutton. Maybe we get more targets, and maybe it's going to be great if we have an upgraded quarterback. But, I mean, this Teddy is not he, – he, I mean, in a way, he's just really holding us back, and it's not his fault, I would say. It's because he is being the quarterback that he's been his entire career, and honestly, based on the numbers, he's being better than he's been his entire career. And it's mm-hmm. still not good enough. And that's what they that's what the coaching staff wanted because they wanted fucking some sort of security to say, Well, you know, he's not the wrong guy. It's almost like that. Like this coaching staff is just like trying to show ways to like not get fired rather than trying to go out there and earn it. They're just trying to be like, it's not our fault that you know what I mean? They're trying to like not take the blame for what the <laughs> yeah. fuck's going on, but they're too scared to go out and be like Let's go win. Let's go win. It's just a weird dynamic right now. And I saw on Twitter today that uh, um, there was like some whispers that George Payton was like really furious after the game. Oh, I bet. So I, I'm like, okay, well, I, I could fucking get on Twitter and start that rumor. Right. So, you, I mean, you know me. I'm a fucking Ben Albright guy. Like I trust him literally more than just about anybody when it comes to the Broncos. And he said that he, this is a quote for directly from his Twitter. I can say from personal observation after the game that there were multiple people in the organization that were highly upset. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. It says the real question, he says, the real question is does making changes contribute to winning now? 
because that is all that matters. So this team, this organization, even George Payton, is still thinking about winning games this season. They're not stupid. George Payton's not stupid. He knows they're not going to win a fucking Super Bowl. He knows they're probably not going to, be, to the playoffs. But he wants to build, like we've talked about many times, a winning culture, win some games, show that you have the talent to win games. And then next year, everybody wants to talk about, well, fire the coaching staff to send a message for next year. No, dude, that's not how it works. This is not college. Because well, with college, yeah. in college, when you fire a head coach and hire a new one or whatever, you can start scouting. That's not how this works. This is not college. This is professional football. So Fangio, everybody wants to bitch. Fangio, Shermer, you're seeing them for the rest of the year. If they, yeah. if they have not been fired yet, they're probably not going to get fired. If it was going to happen, it was going to happen after the Browns game. Exactly. And um, what would be the point? And, you know, this Broncos team, this franchise is, is in such an awkward position. They really are because we're going to have a new owner, but he's probably not going to be in until June. And then – so George Payton is pretty much the guy in charge of this team going forward. Yeah. Until we have a new owner, and then the new owner is going to put in his two cents from there. And I don't, and, but I don't know how much the owner is going to want to change things up. I don't know. That is com- completely in the air. I don't know who could guess that. But um, I, I think the I think owner of this team is going to be Brittany Bolin. If I'm being, if I had to put a mortgage payment on it right now, like the owner of this team next year and for the future is going to be Brittany Bolin. Are you sure? I think so. Well, Mark it down. I, I mean, I don't obviously. I'm no lawyer, and I don't know every single bit of detail. But it's not like the NFL and the 31 other owners are forcing the Broncos to sell. They're not being told you are forced to sell. They cannot be part of this. It's. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. Obviously, a lot of moving parts that you and I don't understand and don't know about. I'm sure too. And that a lot of people don't know about, but it's almost like to the point, like in my opinion, it's almost like the Boland kids have to be like, okay. And a majority of them, not the fucking youngest or not Johnny Boland, the fucking fuck up he is being upset and drunk on Facebook bitching about the team. Like it has to be a majority of them being okay with saying, okay, we're selling the team. Like, I just don't, I just don't see it happening. And I could be way off and I could be way wrong. But I just do not see anybody else buying this team. Like I, I just, and I might be missing something, but I just don't see it, dude. Well, did you see that there? I think it was a CBS reporter, Brian Moss. Does that sound familiar to you? Maybe. He uh, he had a story tonight about the Bolin family, and I guess there was some new information that came out that he was just going to disclose tonight. Um. I heard about it today on altitude and everyone's all was all jacked to hear about it and stuff. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. Let me see. Let's see if I can find something. Um, I mean, again, I, there's a, so, anything can change from now, from now until tomorrow, obviously with this story that is supposed to have been, you know, being broken, but until like, it's one of those things like until there's not a bowling in that front office, I'm not going to believe Tonight at 10. Okay. So Tonight we're close. 10. So 40, 40 minutes out. And it's basically, uh, I just, I'm looking at a Twitter post right now with uh, uh, Bill Bolin talking about the team and where it's at. And it's open quote. It didn't need to happen this way. Says brother of late uh, Broncos owner, Pat Bolin, Bill Bolin opens up with his view of how the Broncos ended up where they are now. Oh, quote, I did. Pad, Pad would, have been very upset and that's okay. tonight at 10 talking I about it see, so i watched watching the news either last night or this morning i saw that whole goddamn sob story and that's yeah. minority owner that was throwing a fucking fit about yeah. why, why pat would be is rolling over in his grave because it's not being run the way it is it is being run i mean i understand i understand where he's coming from because pat would probably not have put up with this level of incompetent football and this well, is if he level... was around, it wouldn't have happened. At exactly. All. Yeah. But my point is, Pat Bowen put certain people in charge 
and set certain parameters to allow one, not a handful, not a couple, one of his children to own this team when they met a certain set of criteria. Well, one child has met that certain set of criteria, right? And it's Brittany Bolin. So the fucking was it? Did you say Bill Bolin was his brother? That's that was opening up. I okay. didn't see much on it, so I can't yeah. comment on I it. I saw but... I actually saw a like a, a preview of it on the news there last night and he's sitting on the on there crying. And I'm sure it's like I'm not like taking that away. Like I'm sure it's an emotional thing, you know, because he was major or minority owner. But it's like it's almost like a like almost like a, a smear campaign for Brittany Bolin and like the Bolin kids that are on the side of allowing her to run the team. It's almost like they're trying to like make Broncos country feel bad. And be like, yeah, you're right. They should sell. This isn't fair. This isn't what Pat would have wanted. Well, no, of course it's not what Pat would have wanted. Of course it's not. But he obviously, you know, died before. Obviously, before expected. I guess I would. I would say. And Brittany was. I mean, she's like almost our age. Like she's a, a few years older than us, than you and yeah. I. Are you, Zach, ready to fucking operate a multi-billion dollar corporation? Yes, 100%. Well, I shouldn't have asked that. Because I, 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 if, if somebody asked me that, I'd probably say yes, too. But uh, If I'm know, being honest with you, uh, oh, fuck yeah, I would just hire people. Right, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know what you're saying. She wasn't though. ready then, and she's done everything that her father laid out. Her family, the, a majority of her family that is on the trust has backed her and said like yes we want her to do it like i just i'm ex- I'm, I'm anxious to see what this uh, report is and is is it all going to be on nine news did you did you say that cbs Denver. cbs okay so yeah i'll definitely be tuning in to watch that but yeah maybe I mean, yeah we'll, we'll finish you and i will definitely yeah you, know, you and we'll, i will definitely talk about that but yeah we got way off schedule there but it's just no no it needs it's, to be talked about it's not it's it's completely relevant because it just right. ties back into what you were saying about the firing of the coaches. So, so say we do fire Vic Fangio, we fire Pat Shermer, Mike Shula assumes fucking play calling as the offensive coordinator, and then we fucking I don't know, Donatel or goddamn uh, Mike Munchak takes over as the head coach. Okay, what now? Is that just going? Is that does that mean Super Bowl? Nope. Is that what that means? Is this like hockey where you can fire someone halfway season? And then a new coach comes in, and they're automatically playoff favorites. And then Stanley Cup hopes go up. No, it's a different sport. It's just, <laughs> it's just. There's so many. There's so many other factors that just. You know, I, I get it. I get it. Broncos country. It is so goddamn frustrating. We're with you. having We're with such an incompetent too. head coach. He's he's not a head coach. He's a glorified defensive coordinator that can throw the challenge flag. That's what he is. He's not a head coach. And Pat Shermer is certainly not a head coach and an average offensive coordinator at best. And that's what we have. Yeah. That is what we have for the 2021 season. I would be more on board with it if we were earlier in the season. I would be on more, more on board with it. And it should have happened after that Browns game at the latest. Yeah, it ain't happening. It, it ain't not happening. happening. And next year will be will be addressed in the off season. It will be, and that's another sticky situation because, say you do hire George Payton, hires his own coaching staff of who he wants. Is it something that you know Brittany Bowen or the new owner, if they sell the team, is going to want? We don't so. know. We don't. We know. don't know. Yeah. No, we don't. You're right. But I think it's one of those things that. Um, I mean, the owner has a say in, you know, who's a GM. I mean, who the fuck else hires it? And maybe, maybe Brittany, obviously Brittany is not like the minor or majority owner right now. And I, I mean, I doubt she has much say in anything, but like, give me a break. Like, uh, dude, why am I blanking on vice president of football operations? Not John Elway. Uh, oh my God. He, You're not talking about Joe Ellis. Joe you? Ellis. Joe Ellis. Okay. Joe. He's uh, president. Right. President. CEO. So, yeah. So he's the one that was pretty much put in like charge of like pretty much like the owner position. 
and that was appointed to by Pat Bolin. Right. Um, you're telling me that he doesn't have a say in he didn't have a say in the hiring of George Payton, which means that I'm sure he was discussing it with Brittany and the other Bolin kids that have some sort of say. Like, yeah, they right. approved of George Payton. So, yeah. you know, of, of course we don't know who the owner's going to be, but if it's Brittany, like, they if approved it's Brittany, of George I Payton. Feel, I feel better about George Payton being allowed to hire his own coaching staff right. and not and, having and that, it be and changed. That's, and that's kind of my but point is that before you the, brought the, the it trust up, of this, I, I didn't the trust think of this, Brittany would be in the running. Really, I thought this team was going to be sold. Really? Yeah, I thought I for sure thought this team was going to go for sale in March because Joe Ellis went on the record saying that they're not even going to start the bid process until March, which insinuates the fact that they're going to sell the team if they're yeah. talking about bids. I just don't. I just. It just makes no goddamn sense. Why would they do that? You know, there's just so many moving parts to this that you yeah. and I don't understand, or that most people don't understand. Like, it's very, very complicated. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of lawyers involved, obviously. And like, I am excited to see what's going to be happening tonight. What's going to be released? And like I said, I think it's going to be nothing more than a fucking sob story about Pat wouldn't have wanted this. Well, no fucking shit, dude. Nobody wants this. Yeah, but it, it was. That's yeah. where we're at. We could do a whole podcast on the goddamn ownership situation, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'd like to do one, but like in the future. Yeah. And just one just full dedicated, just talking about it. And then yeah. as more information comes out, we can go off of that right. kind of thing as the season comes to an end. And then we're getting to that, you know, that time crunch of ownership situation kind of deal. Because regardless or not, this team will have a sole owner next year exactly that's what and that's what happen. people should be focusing and on. i am i'm excited about that i'm Me excited too. that we have one owner one person that's in charge of the football team yeah of the entire franchise yeah and once we get that we can finally fucking move forward yep. from this little rut of just not having an owner and this whole trust just bogging down the team completely and would Pat Bullen want this to have bogged the team down to a losing se- uh, six consecutive seasons? Fuck no. Of course not. No. Yeah, we, we all know that, Bill Bullen. Like, we all know that. Uh, and Pat would be upset. But if Pat was around, this wouldn't have happened. No. You know, that's, he he would have fired just, John Elway fucking yeah, four years he ago. He didn't have a problem firing Mike Shanahan. You know, he would have definitely fired John Elway. You yes. know, and... It would have been, it would have been, you know, low and who's key, to say and that? it would have been like more respectful because of the relationship they have. But he would have got rid of them. And who's to say that if Pat was not alive and, you know, involved, that we don't draft a quarterback with our fucking top ten picks that are starting to become a right. trend? You know what I mean? Right. It's hey, just not- this team has been poorly ran for the last seven, eight years. Yeah. And I know that goes into the Peyton Manning era, but the players that were drafted during the Peyton Manning era didn't set us up for success for the future. No, they weren't. Dude, I I was never more. I mean, one of the most excited drafts that I watched that I can remember watching was when Shane Ray fell to us. I thought he was going to be one of the best fucking Broncos of all time. And he was good. Don't give me, I love me some Shane Ray back in the day, but what is he doing right now? What is he doing right now? I mean, yeah, that's one thing. It's like another Bradley Chubb. And same thing with Bra- Bradley Roby, too, was another one that, like... Oh, I did was... you hear Tom Brady uh, praising Bradley Roby on Monday Night Football a couple of nights ago? I did not. He was... Tom Brady was uh, endorsing Bradley Roby. Dude, I thought Bradley Roby was going to be our... Lo- I thought he was going to be our Pat Sertan back in the day, like... I mean, I loved Bradley Roby. I loved, loved Bradley Roby. Bradley Roby and Shane Ray, talent-wise, were top 10 draft picks. That yeah. made a couple mistakes and fell to the Broncos, and they were absolute steals. And they contributed very heavily to that Super Bowl win, so I'm appreciative for them for that. But I thought they were going to have a much larger impact on the future of the team that they – I mean, obviously they didn't have, but still got a lot of love for both those players. Right. But, but anyways yeah, – Yeah, just to go – like to just like that was kind of I, – I understand what you're saying. Like the drafts even during the Peyton era were not – the best, like it's just been, the end of the yeah. Peyton era. It's just been a, a poorly run team for a very long time, and it's been showing its ugly face for some years now. 
And it'll be nice to finally get to a point where we have one owner, we have one person making the, the franchise decisions. We have George Payton. This is his show. He hires his own coaching staff. He finally gets to put his vision into fruition, which he started a little bit with the draft class. Like, I'm yeah. still not taken away from his first draft class See, with the Broncos. Yeah. Like, yeah. this draft class has been amazing. Phenomenal. And How many starters – how many guys are starting from that are rookies right now? Right. And um, Like, a majority of them. So, hats off to George Payton and what he's already contributed to this team. It's just – we still have those remnants of Elway that is getting in the way of everything. And, you it know, is. I'm going yeah, to give and, some, some credit because Elway, his last few drafts were not as bad as people love to make out because, I mean, we got Justin Simmons out of, this dra- of these drafts. We've got Cortland Sutton out of this, these drafts. Bradley Chubb is what he is, but he's a hell of a player if he can stay healthy. We, you know, we got him out of these drafts. Dalton Reisner, Noah Fant. You know, right, right. But uh, I, I, I guess the cons outweigh the pros for sure. As far as like, the Elway couldn't draft a quarterback. He couldn't draft a quarterback. That was the problem. And his the, his hiring of coaches. Yes. You know, it's, outside of calling in a favor and getting Kubiak to come work for come coach. Yeah, calling Kubiak to come and coach uh, an already established football team with Peyton exactly. Man. Yeah, what he needed was and a not to take away from Gary Kubiak because Gary Kubiak was a great coach that year, but everything was set up for him. He yeah, didn't have he, to build a team, and he just about you know? fucked Peyton Manning too, and he fu- just about fucked the offense too because they were not good. Yeah, <laughs> thank yeah, God for Wade Phillips and yeah. a legendary defense for a, yeah. a Super Bowl win. Yeah. So, and I'd venture to say we got pretty lucky that year to have such a legendary defense. And oh yeah a defensive coordinator that's going to go in the Hall of Fame if he's exactly. not already there. Yeah, so um, anyways, so don't be surprised if that this offseason isn't as smooth as everybody wants it to be. But look, look to George Payton. Look at George Payton and expect him to – this coaching staff's not going to be here next year. No. I can say that with 100% confidence. I don't care if it's the ownership situation or not. They're not going to be here. The only guy that might be here is Mike Munchak. Yeah, and that's completely fine with me. I don't have a problem with Mike Munchak. But um, that's going to be up to the head coach, and that's going to be a mutual – the new head coach that comes in. It's going to have to be a mutual agreement between George Payton and the new head coach that comes in. So when the new head coach comes in, he's going to be like, okay – you are you going to let me hire my own staff? That's going to be yeah. one of the whole, whole questions. And I'm sure George Payton would if he's trying to bring in someone like Dan Quinn or whoever, or Doug Peterson. That's another name I've heard floating around. But and I'm sure George yeah. Payton is going to give the reins to the head coach to hire his own staff. And then it's going to be probably up to George Payton saying, "I really, really recommend that you yeah. keep my bunch at as our offensive line coach." I mean, Dan Quinn is going to love. Why. He's going to love Mike Munchak having him around. Yeah. And Dan Quinn is going to love hiring a Kubiak coaching tree. So for all these Broncos fans that want a high-flying Arizona Cardinals-style offense, you're, we're not seeing one. We will not be seeing one. They're, the Broncos, like, I, I'm, like, going out on the limits saying it right now. Like, Dan Quinn is going to be the head coach of this team next year. I'm, like, I'm like for some reason, like, Gut feeling, all the signs are pointing. Well, it makes sense. He's going to be the head coach, and a Shanahan coaching tree offensive coordinator will be the OC. So you're going to see a bunch of running, which is exciting because we got a star running back now. Not going to see the spread offense and all this stuff. It's just not going to happen. But you can win with that. Like, hey, for all you Shanahan coaching tree haters, did you watch tonight's game? The Niners versus the Rams. Right. Kyle Shanahan, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo threw it like fucking 15 times or something, and they beat the shit out of the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. You know, like you can win with that. So don't be too upset, but that's what I'm saying. Next year, it's going to be a Shanahan coaching tree OC with Dan Quinn at, at fucking head coach. And for all the Broncos fans out there, 
as much like as much as you root for the Broncos, you should be rooting for the Seattle Seahawks to lose every damn game. Yeah. Every game. If you want a, a quick turnaround for this franchise, because now those dots are starting to, or those, those, you know, stars are starting to line up when it comes to the Russell Wilson dream. You know what I yeah. mean? So, which I, I've been seeing a lot of things that are linking him to Philadelphia too, which is kind of weird to me because I don't know why you would, if you have someone like Jalen hurts, it's like, why would you try to derail something like that? You know what I mean? I, would I know not. Russell. I, I know Russell Wilson is an immediate upgrade, but where I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean. You, do you understand what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, to to an, to a certain extent, but yeah, like you're not gonna. I mean, who outside of Pat who Holmes, are you? Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. Exactly. I like, understand a few guys. I guess I just don't that. want it to happen. Yeah, and. <laughs> and the thing with uh, Jalen Hurts is even though he played really well yesterday, like those yesterday, the, the Broncos know how to make a superstar. They know how to make players look like superstars. That's true. And I'm, I'm a Jalen Hurts fan. You, I mean, you would know that. We've talked about it. I have a lot of respect for his game and his leadership and everything. But he, like yesterday, it was like probably the best game of his career almost. Like that's what kind of game yesterday was. Like his first half, his first half stats were – just a, like almost better than every other game that his full game stats in every other game this season. So yeah. that's just the way the Broncos like to do it. They like to make fucking we. You said it. I mean, you said it in the pregame podcast. What Broncos are we going to get? Are we going to get the ones that play to their competition? Well, that's what you got. <laughs> yeah, it is. So. Did you have any more thoughts before? Because I'd like to wrap it up with the story I'd like to share with you. Yeah. Uh, the only thing for all the Pastor Tan haters out there, that was about the most perfect coverage. Who is hating? Just, yeah, who is hating Pastor Tan? Just, I mean, crazy. I saw some stupid stuff because Mac Jones is playing really well. and Oh, God. And – I think Pat Sertan's um, playing really well. What he is, is everyone really talking well. about? And he that was perfect coverage on that touchdown pass. There's yeah, Devontae Smith is a great wide receiver. Yeah. That was perfect coverage. And he even got a hand on the ball. It just it was a better just didn't it was, go his way. Yeah. Exactly. So 50-50. Yeah. That's really it all happens. I had to say. That's been bugging me. Oh, uh, did you uh get to did you happen to see what the Draymond Jones comment after the game last night? No. What? What was that? <laughs> I screenshotted it for you. Um, Uh-oh. This is a Mike Kliss tweet, and nobody likes to stir the pot more than that fucking guy. Yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> but he said, I mean, this is an actual a comment, or this is an actual quote from Dream. I said, combination of us not executing and coaching. In his response to why they couldn't stop the run. Yep. But then he came out like today and like Draymond like wrote a long message and said like that was completely that wasn't that was not intended to sound the way it was. And it was completely blown out of proportion by, you know, people that don't understand where I was coming from. And he kinda and he and he praised Fangio and the coaching staff and he did what he should have he he did what he should have done. As a professional, but, like, I mean, how else is that supposed to be taken? Exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you we know. feel you, Draymond Jones. You're, there's no lies. There's right. no lies he here. Ca- he came out and said the right thing for his career. I would say, like, oh no, 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 no that's not what I was saying. And you know, it is not all on coaching. Like, they needed to fucking execute better. I agree with him. And he said it: execution on us and coaching. But it's more and more signs of like the players almost like you've heard like a couple a few weeks ago that the staff is losing the players and now you have you know a, a talented young player like Draymond come out and say that and even if it would seem like one of those things that after the fact when he read like what he had said it's like oh shit I should not have said yeah. that yeah. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to answer <laughs> for this yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. But hey, we regardless, feel it. it was still said. <laughs> yeah. So we know the players feel that way. 
Yeah, exactly. Okay. Are you ready for this? It's I'm really going to piss I, you off. I love really gonna these piss stories you because I, I can almost guarantee I've been in almost the same situation at a Broncos game. So um, I would just like, I would like to start off with that. Um, there is one Eagle fan in this world that I love and his name is Kyle Schumann and he is a great man. All of the other Eagles fans can go eat a fucking dick. These motherfuckers <laughs> are some of the biggest trash talker pieces of shit I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Unclass, dumbass motherfuckers. <laughs> so we were, uh, there was an Eagles fan behind us and he was just John. He was just fucking laying into, it was me, my buddy, Nick and his buddy, uh, Weston right next to him. And this, this fat tub of lard Eagles fan was just John talking shit. And then we intercepted that football when Justin Simmons intercepted yeah, the Simmons that interception. Yeah. Yep. He, we obviously were just like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, like cheering, like firing back at him. And he's just like, he's starting to get really pissed. And he's just like, he's like, you guys, how does it feel losing your own stadium? Huh? You stupid motherfuckers. Like right behind us. And we're like, yeah, whatever, dude. Shut the fuck up. So I apologize for all the cussing. But this is what happened. <laughs> I'm trying to bring the, cu- the context out. Yeah, you got to bring and it I'm to starting, life. I'm starting to get fired up again about it. But uh, so, yeah, Justin Simmons intercepts the football. And then we start driving. And it was that fourth and one play. And uh, – uh, Melvin Gordon obviously fumbles and Darius Slay fucking runs it all the way back. And we're sitting there, the three of us were watching it, and my buddy Kyle was next to me, and his wife Chloe was next to him, and then uh, the two other friends, Elizabeth and Jared, were on the other side. And we were watching the game, and then a fucking beer, a full beer, hits Weston and explodes all over us. So we immediately turn around and we immediately, this, our sights are on this fucking guy, that tub of lard that was behind us. Yeah. And we're just like, are you, did you just fall with fucking beer? You know, we're going at this guy and he's like, he's like, no, no, I swear, I swear. And he has his hands up. He's like, I didn't do it. I promise, man. Like his complete tone just changed to the point where I believed him because he yeah. looked terrified. <laughs> he looked so terrified. He's like, I saw it come over my head. I promise. I swear it wasn't me. We're like, okay. And then uh, my buddy Nick gets on to the next section, and he's just yelling at these Eagles fans. He's like pointing at one. He's like, did you just throw a beer? Did you just throw a beer at me? And he is pissed. And uh, the guy that was he was talking, he's like, no, man, I promise. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It came over my head. Same thing. And then I pointed at someone. I was like, did you throw a beer? Did you fucking do it? And then that guy was like, no, man. Like, he was hitting his chest. He's, like, doing the much love, you know, pose. Yeah. He's like, I wasn't me. It wasn't me. I promise. He's like, it came over my head. So, I, And it, I believe them because there was a group of those fuckers, those green fuckers, on the top of the stands behind us. And our uh, my buddy, uh, Chloe, Kyle's wife, was talking to security was like trying to find this motherfucker and yeah we were we were just sitting like i grabbed nick and i pulled him back in our section and calmed him down but yeah we were just we were just john adam calling him just classless trash can pieces of fans all to their face like it was awful and then shortly after that it was about an it was about a quarter later we saw a eagles fan in a uh a, a a male Eagles fan and a female Broncos fan just yell, jawing at each other. Yeah. Well, the Eagles fan takes the girl's Broncos hat and chucks it off the section. Oh, Jesus. Throws it in just onto the bottom level. And then a Broncos fan goes up behind him and throws him in a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it, got, a, it got pretty spicy for sure. That's another podcast we ought to do at a future time like, a whole pot just run-ins of Bronco, like Broncos, like actual games at the stadium, like the experiences that we've had 
whether it be with other fans or the same fans. Because I got a great story that I'm not going to get into now, but of me almost fighting another Broncos fan at a game. <laughs> like, dude, we could make a great podcast about Well, it's stories. so funny because we – well, one quick story real fast. It's when uh, the Patriots were here, and uh, uh, we had lost that game uh, by a lot. I can't remember what season it was, but we went and watched the game, and we had these uh, female Patriots fan behind us, and uh, they were just talking shit behind us. And I finally turned around. I was like, hey, are you from Boston? Are you from Boston? She's like, no, I'm from L.A. I'm like, shut the fuck up, then, you bandwagon <laughs> bitch. And then I walked away. <laughs> and she didn't know what to say. She was shook it because yeah. she didn't expect that. To, uh, a guy like me to talk to her like that. But I'm like, no, fuck that. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to hit a woman. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, talk shit. You know, don't be surprised when somebody fires back at you. Dude. Yeah. You know? Oh man, I'm just That's getting gonna, all worked we gotta, up now, bro. We got to do that as like a, <laughs> one of the, like right after the season, like postseason, fucking raise our spirits podcast going into the off season, like <laughs> stories from Mile High. Like, oh just, man, because I got Mile like, High uncensored. I've, I don't think I've. There's been like maybe because I've been. I usually it's. I haven't been to a game in a couple years, but I usually at least made it to one game a season for like, since I Are was you going high. this year. I actually was offered to go this past weekend and I'm sure glad that I did not spend my money yeah. on those fucking tickets. <laughs> no, offense. Yeah, I mean, no, no, it's okay. We, it was a great time. We went right. tailgating. We yeah. tailgated beforehand. We were there at 11. It was a great time. Everything besides the Broncos performance and the trash ass Eagle fans was a great time. Exactly. And that's that's all part of the experience, and that I had a great experience. So yeah, I don't know if I'm it. going. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I'm going this year. I haven't usually. I, I know by now if I have planned on one or I have a couple. Well, you never know. It's start. It's starting to get cold, and that's usually the because t- my wife's aunt and uncle they live up in Cheyenne, and they have season tickets, and they have great seats, like thirteen rows up from the Broncos tunnel, and uh. All of my wife's family, there's just a mixed bag of like different fans. Like my wife's family's from Illinois, so a lot of them are Bears fans. Yeah. But then there's Cowboys fans, Washington fans. Like it's all over the place. But I'm I'm one of the only like true Broncos fans. So her aunt and offer us like tickets if it's like a snow game or something like that. They're not gonna drive down from Cheyenne or you know, it's late in the season, it's kind of an, a wasted season. There's like, oh, Here's our tickets, you know, take Anthony to the game, whatever. So that might happen. But as of right now, I don't have any plans to go to a game yet this season. I sure would like to, though. Um, I, let's see. It's a... January 9th. Let's go. Who's Who is that? Chiefs. Chiefs? Oh, God. I, <laughs> I've been to January one Broncos 9th. Chiefs game. Been one Broncos Chiefs game. It was the year that the Chiefs were eleven and zero, and the Broncos whooped their ass on Sunday Night Football. Beautiful, that, beautiful times. That'd be fun. Yeah, hey, think about we'll it. To talk think some about more it. about that. Yeah, think about yeah. it. It's a two twenty five game, January 9th. Man, that might be, be a fun. spoiler then, game. That you and I can, you and I can knock heads. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> knock be some fantastic. cheap heads. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely got to do a podcast on Mile High and Censored. I think that'd be a great time. So, oh god. Um, all righty, Anthony. Do you have anything that you'd like to close out with? Yeah, let's end on a high note. I want to give a big shout out to Justin Simmons because yesterday with that interception, he tied some Broncos legends in interceptions. Yesterday was his twentieth career interception. He tied Randy Gratishire, Tom Jackson, and Chris Harris with 20 interceptions in their Broncos career. So, I mean. Well, that deserves that, an attaboy. Yeah. A nice round of applause for Justin Simmons. There he you got go. Dra- yeah, I mean, he's, what, five years into his career? Yeah. Four, four years Stud. into his career. Long time Stud. to go. Next on the list is my all-time favorite Bronco, Steve Atwater. Mm-hmm. Steve Atwater has 24 career interceptions, and. Simmons' career average is like one interception every four games, so he should he should pass up all 
smiling assassin pretty easily here in this this next year or so. Yeah, it's great company to be in. That's uh yeah. definitely uh that's ring of fame for sure. Yeah, Caliber, absolutely. So and that that goes out to all the people that are fucking hating on Justin Simmons early in this season. I didn't know what the hell they're talking about. Right. But yeah, props to Justin Simmons, who's is a great player, and even like he's like one of the best representatives of a just a man when it comes to you know being a dad and husband and yep, just a a great a great you know member of society and Simmons. You know, it's an honor to have him as a Bronco, definitely. So just wanted to definitely. shout him out real quick. Definitely. We love you, Justin Simmons. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't listen yeah. to the haters. Nope. Because it's not Justin Simmons' fault of why this team's losing. No. It's not. Not at all. Nope. Everybody's going to be blamed on this team for losing. But it's the two big issues is coaching and quarterback. So yep. if we're just going to narrow it down like that, that's the problem. And As, it, as it has so, been for a very long time. <laughs> right. So, Justin Simmons is not the problem. No. We're glad to have you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All righty, Anthony. So, I think we'll close it out with that. Again, as always, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Couch Potato Sports Denver Broncos edition podcast. Uh, not the podcast we wanted. We were hoping for a victory pod. But, hey, season's still going. Um. We'll see what happens. We got the bye week this week. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll throw out like a little special podcast this week or something just to yeah. pass pass the bye week by kind of the thing. So yeah. we'll think of something and we'll get back and we'll post it obviously. But uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, be sure to tune in to Colorado Avalanche Crash the Net podcast. Um, Avalanche have been playing lights out these past couple of games, so. That's definitely exciting. Without uh, Denver, McKinnon, too. Without McKinnon, yeah. And uh, if this team keeps playing the way it, uh, they, they are, imagine how they're going to be when they have the their stud back. So yep. keep watching, keep supporting. Uh, Denver Nuggets, how about Bones Highland? That man dude. is absolutely insane. That Let's dude, go. he's a dude. He's, he's a dude. everything all you freaking losers wanted Porter to be. Yeah. Pretty much, he is. <laughs> and I wish I wish they would have played him a little bit more tonight. Uh, we unfortunately lost by ten to the Mavericks, but yeah. hey, can't win them all. Uh, Jokic still put up thirty five points, almost got another triple dub. So back to back MVP campaign. He's he is putting up MVP numbers again, and yeah. it's not even close. So um, keep watching those Denver Nuggets. They're they're fun to watch. So. And then you have the Rockies. <laughs> Colorado the, Rockies. Couch the sweet. <laughs> uh, we still have the best uh, baseball field in all of the MLB. I don't care what anyone says. So, Coors Field, baby. <laughs> Man, that's um, a statement right there. That is a goddamn statement right there. Uh, John Vargas does a great job. Colorado Rockies, like I mentioned before, he is the guru of the Colorado Rockies. He knows everything. And he loves them unconditionally. He loves them unconditionally, and I commend him for that. So <laughs> thank you all for listening. Anthony, it's always been great. Love doing this with you, like always. Um, and I'm looking forward to the next one. But you have a great yes, night. Sir. And as always, go Broncos. Better man. <laughs>